yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Dr. Caville, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. This is Dr. Lil inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, Joshua Sims Sr. and B.J. Jones. As you know, several individuals are out on assignment. They literally were out on assignment covering games and couldn't quite get it done. Charles, credit to him. He's getting extra bonus points. He was covering <laughs> and he's on. Credit, extra credit goes to A.D. Drew. He's on the road covering games, covering more games, writing up things, and he's still on. Shout out to these gentlemen. Shout out also goes in terms of the cigar. Charles Bishop, here's your cigar. No doubt. Way to go on the road and get a tough victory. Yeah. We have Brian and AD. Brian is behind the scene doing production. His family, you rattlers, shout out to Roy, went on the road, got it done. Tough contest, but second half, they pull away and get it done. Shout out to Joshua Sims Sr. to open up MIAC play. I won't bury the lead. Tough contest. You see the refrain? But they get it done. That's what championship caliber teams do. Mm. Shout out to B.J. Jones. He'll be on the second segment. I can't leave him out. His Southern Jaguar got it done as well in terms of that as they were on the road. So a lot of the top teams were on the road and got it done in terms of this week. So, again, welcome to episode 488 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. From our institutions, large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply, for short, just call it the HBCU Sports Pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yadakovic, along with my co-host, Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and ascending a signal live, as we do at Times KCH, uh, with the Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper. He was up late covering the game as well. Shout out to him. He got a lot of footage and interviews of our question post-game from both Coach McKinney and Coach Simmons. Good stuff. Had a blast with both coaches, mainly Coach Simmons, because obviously he came on the brighter side of that. But Coach McKinley was upbeat and spirited as he continued to push through. Uh, we're sending a show from home out of greater Houston, Texas, with Texas Southern University as the lead. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Like you said, uh, 
uh, Ralph Cooper out last night with him. You know, the Godfather was Godfathering last night. So yeah, when I, he calls, you better. You better <laughs> yes, you yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, got a chance. Like I said, uh, you mentioned it early. Uh, championship teams, they go on the road and they get it done. Uh, we had a great opportunity last night to kiss family rallies in town, uh, taking on Texas Southern. Good ball game. Uh, but like you said, championship teams, that's what they do. They go on the road and they make it happen. Great point. And when you talk about them, shout out to the fandom of FAMU, FAMU Lee. They were in the building, uh, large and strong, to follow their rattlers, striking and striking again. It took them a half to do that. We was out there with the big eye. Charles made a note. I made a note. A.D. Drew in the messenger boy said, uh, jet lag. <laughs> I texted him back and said, yeah, maybe it was jet lag. <laughs> How you doing this morning, A.D. Drew? Doing fine, fellas. Doing fine. You know, this week uh, at the FCS level, everybody went chalk. And y'all missed it because all of the drama this past weekend was at the Division Two level uh, when it comes to our HBCU uh, games with a couple of dramatic uh, victories, close calls, and an upset. Yeah. Everything was at the – why why every, everybody, SWAC, BAC, Independent, went chalk uh, uh, this week. Y'all, y'all missed it while y'all were paying attention to all that other stuff. I snuck an eye on it. You know, I try to catch it all, and you are absolutely right and great lead-in. But before we have our lead-in, we'll talk about the top seven rankings. And as you said, at the major division level, it went chalk. No one lost. We have two out of the mid-major that went tumbling down the train, the track, if that's what you would want to refer to this week. But with that being said, we wanted to show some love to Jeremy Musa. Charles got a great interview. Jeremy Musa was 17 to 32, 180 yards, two touchdowns. Did have the interception, but he also rushed four for six, 15, and got in the end zone rushing as well. So he was a big proponent of the quote unquote comeback victory. With that being said, let's get into that video right now. Jeremy, you guys started off a little bit slow tonight, but you guys picked it up in the third quarter. Uh, big touchdown right before halftime. How much did that turn the momentum? Yeah, I mean, it, we, it was good to cut the lead in half. Uh, you know, the first couple drives, self-inflicted. Uh, we were moving the ball well. We didn't come away with points. So, um, you know, it was important to, you know, get those points on the board. We did a good job. We talked about winning the middle eight. You know, we got, you know, t- touchdown before half, and then touchdown coming out of halftime. So, great job to our offense. Who's the swag? Let me ask, 52 yards and halftime rushing, but you finished with over 250 yards rushing. Yeah. How big was it to get the running game up and going? And it was huge. I mean, when you can hand the ball from third down and, and move the sticks, you know, it makes my job easy. Hats off to the big boys. You know, that was really something we emphasized this weekend. You know, they took the challenge and hit the ball. Thank you. So it's, uh, it has a work. Dr. inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Great job, Charles. Appreciate that. You just quickly in terms of what were your thoughts on Jerry Musa, a great interview you did there, live shot. We appreciate that. Show some sure. love for the family round. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, great interview uh, talking with Jeremy in terms of the uh, breakdown of the game last night. Good stuff. With that being said, let me get into these major division uh, games, and then we'll come back to the lead that A.D. Drew talked about of chaos, or at least 
uh, near upsets and some upsets in the mid-major division where they were having all the fun. Uh, but in the major division at number seven, Alcorn State Braves defeated Arkansas at Pine Bluff, UAPB Golden Lions, 31-7. to uh, It was close as uh, for the first score for homecoming, went to the Golden Lions, but not much after that. With that being said, uh, as we talk about my neighbor, Mr. Dennis, I heard him up early this morning, <laughs> moving around, so shout out to him. I got a chance to speak to him before we came on the show. He's feeling pretty good about his braves and his i can tell you're gonna report his lawn will look good this morning he already had signs out there stay off my grass it's green he's trying to get it ready so shout out to him as he gets going uh with some big matchups in the next couple of weeks for the braves and number six alabama and them bulldogs did not play uh and so they stay at four and three two and two for the Alcorn state braves they improved to four and three three and one so they're now tied with the Prairie Bay and Panthers that are also 3-1. And, and number five, Southern Jaguars defeated Bethune-Cookman Wildcats 28-18. Back and forth, close matchups. But Southern Jaguars go on the road and get it done. 4-3 and three overall for them. And they also improved to 3-1. So it's a three-way tie at the top of the Western Division uh, with those three teams. And number four, Jack State Tigers defeat Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils 21-6. Five and two, three and one. Shout out to the defense of Jackson State as they harassed uh, that young quarterback who was gamely, kept the game close. Shout out to the Delta Devils defense themselves in the penalties uh, that were causing problems and fumbles on the offensive side for Jackson State. But shout out to the defenses. They just harassed sacks, hurried, rushed, whatever you want to call it. They were just all in the way, in a positive way for the Jackson State Titans. Number three, Tennessee State Tigers do what you're supposed to do to a team that has is winless on the season. They jump on them and jump out of 54 to zero. But the attendance is still an issue down there where they have less than 3,000 fans for that game. Just pointed it out since y'all keep bringing it up. It wasn't me. I told They improved. The I told y'all. Overall, <laughs> or one and one exactly in the standings uh, in terms of the conference race. They get back to conference play as they play conference games all the way through now, should be interesting to see what they can get done in terms of the Tennessee State Titans. Uh, Eddie George uh, is still fussing about the tennis, I should say again. Number two, North Carolina Central Eagles. As they get into conference play, they run up against Morgan State Bears. I would argue that this is the best HBCU defense, one of the top defenses in FCS. The problem is their offense is polar opposite and it makes it troubling, but they found a way uh, to stay in this game, and it was Central Eagles that pull away late, uh, and even Morgan State continued to fight to score a late touchdown. Six and one uh, improvement on the Eagles. One and all in conference play, the most important part, and uh, they keep on moving. At number one, Florida and the Rattlers go down 14-0, get a late touchdown, 58 yards with less than a minute left. They trim the lead. They get the ball coming out of the locker room, score, and it's 14-14 before you knew it. They move going away 31-21, to 6-1, 5-0 on the season. At the mid-major level, you have at number seven, Edward Waters, Tigers defeat as they continue to surprise the world. They defeat uh, Albany State Golden Rams 31-27, to close contest, great one. That SIAC, boy, it is going to be fun down the stretch. It actually has been great the last couple of weeks, I should say. Maybe even several weeks if we take it back that far. Five and three, five and two improve 
meant on the season are the Tigers. And number six, Fayetteville State Broncos defeat Johnson C. Smith. That's a Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls that were playing some really good football, but they've lost two straight, so they fall to six and two uh, as they – I mean, excuse me, Fayetteville State, the Broncos improved to six and two and six and oh as they control that Southern Division, it seems now. And number five, Miles Golden Bears, they defeat number three, Allen Yellow Jackets, 28 to 21. As the mm. Yellow Jackets go down, the Golden Bears improve to six and two, five and one, and are chasing that elusive number two seed to play for a championship. It should be good, as Adrian told us, going down the stretch. I don't know. It will be fun to find out who sits in that second place. Not sure if you want it, but hey, you'll take your chances in the championship game. Number four, Virginia Union Panthers defeat the Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions 57 to zero. They're streaking just when you wanted to bury the Panthers. They quietly up now improved to seven and one and five and one. Here's where the upsets come. At number three, I told you about Allen Yellow Jackets. Yes, they lost to number five. So they fall to six and two, four and two overall, and they fall to the Golden Bears of Miles, 28-21, as we said. At number two, another upset, the Virginia State Trojans lost to Elizabeth City State Vikings, 17-16. to Who saw this one coming? They fall to 7-1 and 5-1 and one as Dr. Henry Frazier falls from undefeated, which means we just have one left. That is none other than the Benedict Tigers defeat Kentucky State Thoroughbreds. Check this out, 63-14. No questions there. They improved to 8-0, 6-0 in the SIAC race. It's not over, but boy, are they sure, sure looking good. That being said, let's take our first break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll get into discussing some of these matches and games, games of the week, and see what these gentlemen think on the other side. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and Shoulder Scalp Shield Technology. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. 
I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. As you see, we have BJ Jones in the house. I did give you your cigar, but you're here. I just want to make sure you have congratulations on the road victory in Jacksonville, it was, uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what, what's going on there. Uh, as now, it's a three-way tie. But at first place, Prairie View, Alcorn, and Southern, three and one. Uh, those teams play each other, Prairie View and Southern, a couple of weeks. Should be interesting. A couple of weeks, we also have All Corner and Southern, which will be just as good. So a couple more games in the way before that, and they might get interesting. We'll see. But uh, going down the stretch for the Western Division should be intriguing. Looks like all but the East is wrapped up, but we don't want to take too much. Uh, this next weekend will tell us the story in that, and we'll talk about that in the last segment. Kind of get your eyes on some matchups that you want to keep your eyes on and why. With that being said, let's get into our mid-major uh, classic game of the week. First one here, Jacksonville, Florida, Breast Cancer Awareness Day, game color pink. Uh, in terms of that matchup, the number seven, Edward Waters, improved to five and three, five and two that as they defeat uh, what would be total ranking of Albany State Golden Rams at 14, four and four, as they fall overall season in conference play, they fall to four and two. Classic matchup, good game. Edward Waters is learning how to win, and they win close ones, 31 to 27 in this matchup. Eddie Drew, what are your thoughts on this game here? You know, we've come up with, you know, I call it the phrase miackish, which is the crazy stuff that happens in the MIAC conference. We've got to, we're going to have a new phrase SIAC chaotic. S I A C chaotic. <laughs> That's what we have now, SIAC chaotic. As <laughs> By the way, and by the way, there is a sale on high blood pressure medicine in Duval County as Ever Waters once mm. again uh, gets everybody's pressure up and waits until the absolute last moment to win. Is there a more cardiac team than Ever Waters is, at least in this 2023 season? Having to get having to get a score, a three and out, and then another score to win the game coming down the coming down the stretch. So uh yeah, it it was it, it was really 
84 yards, Dr. Cavill, going down the stretch, and then they get the game-winning touchdown with eight seconds remaining in the ball game. And I don't know how many more phrases Joshua Jackson has in his repertoire, but this team is making him come up with every phrase that he can to describe these game-winning touchdowns. <laughs> great point, great point. With that being said, Charles, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Number 12, Langston Lions, they improved to 5-2. and two. They've won five straight games. They're 5-1 in the conference now. They defeat uh, Arkansas Baptist Buffaloes, who are 1-7, and 1-5. This is after the Buffaloes came off their victory over Texas College, so they were feeling decent about themselves. But the Langston Lions kind of shut that out real quick. It was homecoming, so everybody went home happy in Langston, Oklahoma, W.E. Anderson Stadium as they beat up on the Buffaloes, 51 to 20. You're talking about having Buffalo on the plains. I'm not sure if that's appropriate in Oklahoma just uh, because of the history. But with that being said, the Lions did take care of business. I'll put it that way. What are your thoughts in terms of that matchup? Like you said, Dr. Bill, everybody went home happy. Anytime you put a 50 spot up on the team, uh, like you said, all, all that good stuff that they were feeling coming into their game, yeah, that's done now. The 51 points, a great job by Langston, homecoming victory. Yeah, you can't say enough about that in terms of what they were able to get done. And they should be able to slide on up in, in your mid-major poll this week. Let's see where, where they where they pop in. I'm interested in that. And as you said, uh, we'll, we'll bury the lead. We'll get into that in the major division games. But uh, early in that Tennessee State, as the mics were really working well, and I guess that's because of the attendance, Thing at Tennessee State. <laughs> Somebody's like, come on, Tigers, put up the 50 spot. I will say this, they did answer the call, so another team put up that 50 spot. But that being said, let me go to this next matchup and go back to you, Drew, in terms of Fayetteville State. Uh, you're going to have to do Joshua's type honors as he is in Fayetteville, traveling Fayetteville, North Carolina, Luther Nick, Gerald Stadium. It's a homecoming affair as well. You have number six, Fayetteville State Broncos, six and two, six and oh. They defeat number eight, John C. Smith Golden Bulls, who fall to five and three, four and two, uh, 14 and seven. You t- talking about a team that finds a way to win. They win close uh-huh. and they'll play it close to the best, but they don't care because they find the W. Talk about this matchup, Drew. Well, you, uh, you, you took my lead. They find a way to win. It's, it's not pretty, but. They found a way to win, and I mentioned this to Brian last week on the BCSN Sports Wrap when we were doing our picks contest. Until someone in the South shows me that they can beat Fayetteville State, then I am going to lean on the Broncos. They are the king of the hill in the South, and until somebody shows me that he can be the whole ball way, I don't whole ball way or neutral, I don't care where it is. They are the team that's going to come out and be in their championship game once again. So, uh, but, but here's the thing. Jossa C, outgained Fayetteville 192-114 uh, on the ground. Fayetteville State did win the turnover battle, though. So it's it's just ugly. It is truly ugly how, how this game uh, occurred. But once again, We'll see the Broncos in Salem, Virginia in about three weeks. 
Good stuff yeah. Drew perfectly said when you talk about, hey, we just find a way to get it done. And they coming out to Fayetteville State is not new. So until somebody else proves it, why pick against it? It certainly should be the safe bet. With that being said, talking about safe bets, uh, we're going to go to uh, Electric Homecoming, which is always a safe bet when you talk about Fairfield, Alabama. Sloan Alumni Stadium. It was an intriguing one, at least a great matchup. It's something about the Golden Bears. They know how to entertain as the Bears get it done this time at home. The number five miles Golden Bears improved to six and two, five and one, and they defeat the red hot number three, Allen Yellow Jackets, six and two, four and two. They fall on the road, obviously, 28 to 21 in terms of this matchup. I'm going to go to UBJ to talk about the whole game, but I'm going to go to AD Drew first because he was there in terms of breaking down the first half. Tell me what you saw in the first half, and BJ Jones. We'll see what you say in terms of the whole game. Flip that, Doc. I saw. Uh, I got the second half of the game. We'll start it off with you, BJ. My fault. Allen jumped out early. They did what you needed to do. Hey, man, Miles College homecoming. Uh, if you're watching this, man, put that on your list, man. One of the best HBCU homecomings um, that you will see. Uh, hey, yes, sir. I've been there. It was. It was. Yeah, man, it was electric yesterday. And uh, Allen jumped on them early. It could have been 21 to nothing, Doc. Uh, mm. it, it was real close uh, to being 20, uh, 21. So Allen throws that, that screen pass, and the deep uh, uh, the, the kid cuts back inside, and the kid from Miles literally got the shoe string. If he mm. missed, there was nothing there. And and I, and I think if that score goes to 21 nothing at that particular point, we'll have a different conversation today. But kudos to Miles College. You saw them claw their uh, way back in. Um, you saw a, a really a heavyweight fight uh, in that second half. But if you're Allen, uh, if you're Coach Teddy Keaton and that bunch over there, you're thinking coulda, woulda, shoulda. They had some opportunities uh, to put that game away before Miles uh, College was able to get on the board and wasn't able to capitalize on that. Uh, shout out to Coach Sam Shea and that staff at Miles College. They just keep you know chugging along. And, Doc, I have circled on the calendar when A.D.'s Drews boys come come in from Macon County <laughs> to Fairfield, Alabama. Mm. I think that's going to tell us who is going to face off against Benedict in the SIEC championship game here in Atlanta. So let me, ask you, let, me, let me ask this question. If Miles sees Benedict again, if, if Miles sees Benedict again, could we have a different story? If Miles holds on to the ball, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Good. I don't know. That's a I, know I, pay. I pay to see it. I pay good money to see it. Mm-hmm. He says it all right there. If you pay good money to see it, I'm paying my money as well. Eddie hey, Drew, talk and break down and analyze the second half of that matchup. I told y'all they they started their game late on purpose because they had to wait till it got so they got a little dark outside before the fireworks began. That's what happened in the second half. The fireworks began, and it began with the uh, Miles defense. After coming out, scoring their first touchdown to open up the second half, then you then you saw a pick six. Then you saw then you saw fumbles. Then you saw everything else led by that Miles defense, either scoring or setting the offense up with a very, very, very short field in which they were able to capitalize on and get back. I mean, what was it, 35 points in the third quarter, if I if I recall that yep. correctly, between 35. the two teams? Yep. 48 of them by Miles. 
Seven over by by Allen. I mean, I mean that that's the whole thing. How many points did Bile score today? Forty eight points. They all occurred in the third quarter. So it it it, it was electric. Then the fourth quarter, although it was you had drama in the fourth quarter, though know, both defenses did what they needed to do. But let's talk about that final drive though, uh, BJ. After after an apparent pick six by Allen that would have tied the ball game in the fourth quarter. That, that was, I believe it was a block at the back doing the return, if I remember that correct. Yeah, correct. And, yeah, yeah, block at the back. Yeah, and this, and this is why you don't do this. You, add, you had a double penalty because you had the live ball penalty, which was the block at the back or the clip, and then mm. you had the celebration penalty afterwards on oh, the touchdown that didn't count when he did – whenever he – did to dive into the end zone. It, it it was a pretty uh celebration, but when you don't get that that touchdown, you you just cost your team that. But David Wright still took the ball with the opportunity to win the game, and it comes down to the final play, and the Miles defense stops him on the five yard line so, uh, so, as he decided to take off. So walk me through that final play. I mean. Uh, David Wright has to know he has to get the ball out of his hands and at least give somebody a chance to end all right? Yeah, but when he dropped nine, like Biles did, that was no choice for him to try. There was no choice. I believe it was like 23, 12, it was about 23, 25 yards, somewhere up in there. They had to go for that final score. It was so, ball was somewhere on the 20s. Mm-hmm. And they, they literally dropped nine, so... He had to take off with the ball because if he throws the ball, it's probably going to be a pick or bat it down, and he tries to make the play uh, with with his feet. And one thing that you got to remember, David Allen, you're good. You're a decent runner, but you're not Clyde Peter. Clyde Peter would have gave a better chance of running through that and getting that touchdown at the uh-huh. end. David David Wright, a, a little bit small in the, in the frame, you know, they they were able to get him. They let him get what they what he could. All right, let's put this drama to bed. Let's tackle him on the five, y'all. Let's let's give these people something to uh to cheer about on the end. And that's exactly what the Golden Bear defense did. Charles, you you've been talking about this. Had a great interview with Willie. You can find some of these questions out there about dropping seven, eight, and in, in this case, nine people, and the challenge of what that looks like. How more folks are doing it. He he did an uh, excellent coaching breakdown, as you would imagine. He talked about it's nothing new. People are doing it, but they tend to have done it on third down, as you know, B.J. Jones. Uh, but now people are doing it more often because of the spread. Uh, and if you have the right players to get it done, it can be challenging. But if you have a quarterback, put in tight windows, uh, make moves with his feet, uh, they can still find a way to get it, uh, take care of business. So uh, excellent analysis. One I wanted to make sure as you put that out, a fastball, uh, down the plate, as they say, Charles, since we are in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that, Charles. <laughs> the Astros are still in the playoffs. Hey, uh, Drew, <laughs> great uh, analysis on that. Appreciate y'all. We'll be right back with a second break on the other side. We'll come back and talk about some of these major division games of the week. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We have literally the gurus footballing HBCU style uh, analytics going on. With this team here, boy, they're going to bring you information and perspectives that you really can't get anywhere else, as we just had in our past segment. We're going to go into the major division games of the week and get you inside a big one as you try off conference play. I'm not sure if you can get much better game than this in terms of just how competitive it was. Baltimore, Maryland, Hughes Stadium. Uh, you had the number two North Carolina Central Eagles get it done, 6-1. and one. You can tell why they are the champs. They know how to win. Uh, they improved to 1-0 and as they start the MIAC race off defeating 
The overall ranking I have for Morgan State Bears is 16. They fall to one and five, four and one. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on this in terms of the best defense. Certainly, I know you'll say one of them, but man, boy, they, they hold their own on the defensive side. Great game, and just told those that love defensive football, it was played there. And shout out to the Eagles as they stood up to the task. I know Morgan State's offense is not where it is, but credit to the Eagles. We don't necessarily think about them on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but it was them that made sure that they brought home the victory in many ways throughout this game. With that being said, the Eagles get it done 16 to 10. B.J. Jones, I know you watched this as I did. What were your thoughts on it? Man, Morgan State is so good all defensively. Man, and everyone was saying the same thing on Twitter. Man, they are a, a quarterback away. Oh, like they are. Man, Morgan State. I, I, and this is the this scary part about Morgan, Morgan State, Doc. You watch that game on Thursday night. How many times did you hear freshman, redshirt freshman, true freshman, sophomore? That is a young football team. Uh, and with Damon Wilson and that group is building in Baltimore, I said this uh, on Thursday night. You better get Morgan State now. <laughs> you better get them now uh, because, I mean, in the future, man, they are going to be something to deal with, man. And, and you saw they were not intimidated by North Carolina Central. Uh, they came in. They had a game plan. They stuck to it. And an underthrown ball here or there that could have went for touchdown. We, we're having a complete, like I said, we're having a completely different conversation. But shout out to Coach Ray Oliver. Uh, Davis Richard didn't have his best day. Uh, but when it, he, he needed to make the play, uh, he made it. Uh, so uh, North Carolina Central surviving that van. And now you got a, another big one on Thursday night when you got old buddy and the boys coming in another Thursday night when I think it's going to be uh, a, a, another barn burner. Mm. And North Carolina Central is looking to find a way to get it done against South Carolina State. That's one of the only hitches in their giddy-up the last couple of years. This is not the traditional Buddy Few team, but he's going to be up for it. And since the Eagles are wanting to get it done, it should be fascinating in terms of another great Thursday night game. I'm not sure this one will be as close. With that being said, Drew, did you want to put any final thoughts on that um, North Carolina Central Eagles, Morgan State? Morgan State Bears game. Yeah, uh, kind of piggyback off of what uh, BJ just said. Styles make fights. And when you get into conference play, and I kind of was uh, alluded it at this last week, you know, everything Central has done has been non-conference. But when you get into conference play where everybody knows everybody, yeah. especially in the BAC where you have to play everybody year in, year out, there could be teams that ha just have your number and just know you, know your personnel better than uh, those non-conference opponents who just getting up. Yeah, if we win, fine. But if not, oh well. But this this is when it counts. Morgan did what they needed to do to stay in this ball game. And BJ, does Morgan kind of remind you of where Central was about two, three years ago? You knew yeah. they were close. They were on the cusp. And then you're just a player or two away from taking over the conference and mm. dominating it. We saw it for a couple of years. And Central was making their rise. They, they were challenging the AATs. They were challenging the South Carolina States, but could not get over 
the hump. And then finally, they got over the hump last year and have continued to win going into this year. But that's what this Morgan State team reminds me of. of, of Central maybe about uh, right pre-pandemic and then coming right out of the pandemic. That's what they remind me of. So let me, let me ask this question. When a team, BJ, is offensively challenged, great defense, but the offensively challenged, what, are, what, what is it that they can do to try to uh, generate something? I mean, are you waiting on some sort of a turnover and some good luck? Or, or what is it that you can do to drive 80 yards when you are offensively challenged? Well, usually you're not going to drive 80 yards. you got to have a big play. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you got to try to bust one or you try to manufacture points, whether it's by turnover, uh, whether it's by special teams. Um, you know, you 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 got to manufacture those points, and I'm gonna tell you, it's frustrating on the defensive end to know how well you're playing and it, it, it's mm. not turning into the W's um, that you wanted to be. It can be, it can fragment a, a locker room. Mm. Go can, ahead. Can Andy. I throw in something on that? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Also, something else that helps you when you're a team that's offensively challenged is a good punter, because you may you may only wind up getting to say say your forty. But if you've got a punter who can turn the field over, flip the field, yeah, your defense point. comes out, do do what they need to do, hold the uh, hold the team to a three and out, you wind up getting the ball back about the same spot where you turned the ball over at last time on the on the punt. So now you're going down and now you've got an opportunity to get in scoring position on that the second drive if your defense is that good. So in addition to what BJ said with uh with the defense set you up with short field, you need mm-hmm. a good punter who can flip the field and put the other offense with their backs up against the uh against the goal line and then your defense holds and now you get the ball back somewhere around midfield. And then when you only got offense that could go 30 yards, that 30 yards just puts you down on the cusp of the red zone where you can get a field goal or possibly get that one last big play to get you that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Good point. Great points. We saw that even though the defense at Texas Southern is not known to be that, but because of some of the inefficiency of Bethune Cookman last week with Texas Southern, we saw that early in that matchup where the whole first half, at least um, uh, first half and half of the second quarter, were paid on essentially Bethune Cookman's side of the ball where they would punt them deep, take it down there pin them deep, they get the ball back, and they were at the 40-50, and they finally were able to make enough plays or big plays and get in the end zone to score some early points in that matchup. So great points that you make there by both you um, and B.J. Jones. With that being said, I'm going to punish Charles today. He's the tough man. He can do it. We're going to go to East Greensboro, North Carolina, Truist Stadium, uh, the <laughs> coast of Carolina, formerly known as the Colonial. This is the game that's usually for <laughs> reserved for Joshua Sims Sr., but no, seriously, we needed an independent matchup. And this was a home game. Richmond Spiders played a lot of HBCUs. So I was interested to see if they could get it done, not to be as the Richmond Spiders improved to five and three, four and one, uh, uh, playing better football of late, particularly in the conference play. Uh, they're getting it done. They take on North Carolina and State Aggies, which is my overall ranking for my 21 major division HBC football program. A&T comes in at 19. They are one and six, zero and four, as they fall thirty-three to ten in this matchup. They just cannot get scoring, and the defense uh, can't do enough to put them in the play. With that being said, Charles, what were your thoughts? And you can do this quickly <laughs> on this matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we talked since I'm punishing you. <laughs> I mean, we talked about offensive inefficiency, uh, and that one of the questions that we had going into this game was just talking about you know the quarterback play, Kevin White and, and Eli Brickhandler. Uh, what would they be able to do at the, at the quarterback position? And it was a it was another rough day at the office. I mean, you take a look at Kevin White, eight of 14, 37 yards. Uh, Eli Brickhandler did come in for one attempt, but just offensively, they can't get much done. Uh, if, if anything done, I mean, uh, they have to rely solely on the running game. They produced 108 yards yesterday, but it's just not enough. They just don't have, or maybe they have the playmakers. I, I'm not sure what it is, but they don't have a playmaker quarterback. And that, that's a killer. That's a killer. Yeah, that'll do it. If you had a playmaker, it doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback to get it done. So whether it's both the quarterback and playmakers or playmakers and not the quarterback, and they've tried several quarterbacks, and none of them can quite do enough outside of that victory they were able to get on the road in Norfolk State. Credit for them. Quickly, I'll get in this. Um, and uh, Tennessee State showed them some love because they did improve the 5-2. and two. Told you earlier, the 3-0 and oh at home, right in the mix for the Big South. OBC gets real good the next couple of weeks is getting conference play. Uh, but they do what you're supposed to do to Lincoln, California, Oakland, or that are 0-9, uh, 0-9 as all their games have been away. Uh, they put up 54 points, uh, but that was before the end of the third quarter. Certainly called the dogs off um, and they get out of there. But the note of this game, since this has been the talk over the couple of weeks, they had 2,727, 4% of that stadium. Um, so not only in terms of stadium, I guess it's convenience to play there, but that's one that certainly could have been the whole in terms of making it a little more intimate. But it's been a challenge. Um, the heat uh, was not answered uh, by coach uh, as he has to bring the fans out. We'll see maybe in conference players, they continue winning the five and two. Will that get them out there? So I just wanted to throw that in there uh, since we didn't spend a lot of time on the Aggies. With that being said, let's go to Washington, D.C. Green Stadium, homecoming. Mm. Mm. Man. We mm. had our ESPN crew on the call, ESPN U, Tiffany Green, Jay Skywalker, and he was honored at halftime with the last <laughs> undefeated team. Uh, he's having a blast. Good time. They did their Friday show there. Um, and, boy, fun was having all, but uh, some people got nervous at Howard Bison. But to their credit, they got it done. As no folks stay sports, wanted to spoil the homecoming and keep the trend going for some of those folks. But number 13, Howard, improved to three and four, and more importantly, one and oh in the MEAC races. They defeat uh, Norfolk State Spartans. I have them total rankings of 15. They followed a two and five, oh and one. And it was a late score by the Bison as they trailed most of the games. And then an interception on the one, two yard line where Spartans couldn't quite get it in to spoil it. So, yeah, it was a thriller uh, in terms of. Washington, D.C. Green Stadium for homecoming for the Bison, getting it done, 27 to 23. B.J. Jones, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, man, I thought Dawson Odom said pull one out for a minute. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. He's I thought he had one for a minute, man. That's his old tricks. <laughs> hey, man, Norfolk came out, man. They jumped on Howard early. Uh, and then this guy named Eden James. Oh man, uh, man, that kid's mm -hmm. special. Uh, Eden James, uh, Williams, the quarterback, they they came alive and 
that last touchdown uh, by Norfolk, that that entire drive was was a thing of beauty. Uh, I'm sorry, that last drive by Howard uh, was was absolutely a thing of beauty. Uh, you know, to you know, to 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 go up, and it, and it seems like when momentum swung, it swung. Uh, it's like Norfolk couldn't do anything right. They couldn't tackle anymore. They, you know, they they, they couldn't find the open receivers anymore. Uh, and it, it, it was just rough. Uh, but hey, man, it, it was literally the tale of I want to say the tale of two halves, but it was really the tale of two and a half quarters versus a quarter and a half. Uh, and Howard found a way to get it. And if you're Howard, the only thing that you want to do is survive in that van, survive in that van, all the way up until you get the the face off against those Eagles. Um, and, and they did it. So, man, shout out to Coach Larry Scott and, and the Bison squad. Uh, shout out to my girl Erica and all the Bison out there. They got the win on homecoming. Anybody else want to? Yeah, shout out behold. to the and O's. Yeah, behold the green. Behold the green and gold. They could not get the hold. I tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask all of y'all this one real quick. Um, what is it about conference play that people may not understand? And it probably seems obvious in a lot of ways. But, you know, a top team, number one team, number two team, you know, can come in or a team that is heavily favored for whatever reason. And you just get these games, even if they're able to their credit to pull it off. Um, you get these games that are tougher than you thought. Charles, you want to jump in there first? Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier. I mean, it's the familiarity uh, of, of knowing these teams. And at this point in the season, there's enough film out on, you know, all of your little fun stuff that you like to do. And 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 you really start to see uh, teams schematically. They're really game planned up for, for these games. So that, that's the, those are the things that really jump out uh, around this time of the year because now, you know, uh, the, the newness is is gone. We we know pretty much what you're gonna see week in week out now. DJ Jones, nobody's intimidated. Everybody knows you. Um, it's like man, you get that new kid in the school. He's new at your school, but well, we've been knowing him. And you're impressed by every little thing that he does. <laughs> but that group, that group that been knowing him for a long time, ain't impressed by that. Who is he? Nobody. You know what I mean? I, I, what you know what I mean? And 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 it does. And, and when we see it on every level, I mean, who would have thought that Virginia would have beat North Carolina last night? I mean, who would have thought that Arizona would have stuck around with Washington last night? And, and and that's what you get: Texas Southern and Florida A and M last night. Texas Southern was not intimidated by anything that FAMU, uh, you know, did on last night. It's just I know you. You're familiar with me, and everybody else is shocking in the rule of what you do. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Good one, Eddie. Drew, you want a piece of that? I call it the forest effect. You know, you got you got these trees of the forest. The seeds fall off of the trees and beget new trees. The seeds don't blow away. That's the conference. You look at these at these coaches with the the good coaches. They have they have a tree, assistants, coordinators, and, and everything else. A lot of times, those people stay within that conference because. These conference presidents, these conference ADs are not stupid. They know that Coach So-and-so has had success within our conference. Mm. So I'm going to go get his OC, his DC, his linebacker coach, his whatever coach, and bring him on to my staff. And hopefully, you know, I can catch lightning in the bottle also. And as these trees start begetting other trees, I know 
what Coach B.J. Jones over there likes to do. I know his tendencies because I spent three years on his staff. I know what Coach Bishop uh, wants to do because I spent two years on his staff. So now mm-hmm. I, I bring in this knowledge where I'm the head coach of this program or, or a coach or the staff of another program because everybody knows everybody because a lot of them have their roots in the same forest. Mm-hmm. Great analysis. And that would explain why new coaches that come in the conference oftentimes they get stumped early and sometimes are not able to quite figure it out because they just don't have enough insight in truly understanding what the teams do, not necessarily because uh, they can't get it in no football. The football in that conference is played in a certain way, and unless you have enough time to really figure it out, it can be problem. Good stuff. Uh, last game, we'll do this quickly, take our last break, come back and talk about some big matchups next week. With that being said, FAMU, number one FAMU Rattlers, 6-1 and one as they improve to, 5-0 and oh in the conference at number 12-ranked Texas Southern Tigers, 2-5, and 1-3 and three as they fall, 31-21. to 21. They jump out, as we said, 14-0. And then uh, the Rattlers scored 31 straight points before the Tigers score a late touchdown in that matchup to have the final score of 31-21. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? I mean, good teams go on the road and make things happen, and we saw it again last night. Uh, they took a couple of right crosses across the uh, the jaw early, fourteen nothing, and, and Texas Southern was really dominating. I, I thought the uh, the line of scrimmage early. Uh, Ladarius Owens, uh, he was uh, running right through FAMU's defense, but uh, that score right before halftime, I thought was the momentum changer uh, in that game. It, it really turned things around. And you can't say enough about FAMU. Uh, they had uh, only 52 yards at halftime, but they finished with over 250 yards. I think 255 yards rushing. And that was uh, definitely one of those things that just jumps out at you. I think Jeremy Musa talked about it. but And just my experience with Jackson State. Uh, and FAMU really looked that part last night uh, as Jackson State over the past two years. When, when that snowball starts happening, and, and that defense becomes a beating frenzy. And you saw that happen in the second half. They really got after Jason Wilson pretty good. I think at one point, uh, Texas Southern, five or six straight punts. And it was all just spam you like, okay, enough. You know, and it's like they, they took over the control of the game. So uh, you can't say enough about uh, spam you last night. As we teased earlier, as I go to you, A.D. Drew, and get your thoughts. We teased last night as we put it out there. Uh, that uh, we had the googly eyes wide open talking about, ooh, what's going on here? This might mm. be a shocker of the year. It was 14-0. Uh, AD Drew quickly put out and told you, hey, man, don't worry about it. This is jet lag. And sure mm. enough, <laughs> that last play, a uh, minute left in the half, um, before that 58-yard reception, touchdown reception, that Pulled the game in the 1470s. You had fam, held FAMU to 64 yards pass. So playing really effective on the defensive side of the ball and mixing it up. You talking about being able to get in the locker room and make some changes and understand what's going on. Credit to Coach Simmons and his staff in terms of making those adjustments, especially after being able to get the benefit of one big play. Made it 14 7. They get the ball coming out of halftime. Before you know it, uh, you're like, uh oh, it's a new ball game, 14 14. And I text back and be like, maybe it was it lag. Drew, what were your final thoughts in terms of family you took something in? I'm not going to take this time to break down the game, but I am going to give my brief 
campaign speech for those of you all with your number one with your number one votes. Smart I, move. My opponent, my opponent is not here today, so I am going to take the high road and not talk about my opponent in a negative way because he is not here to defend himself. But I just want to point out a couple of things to you people. A, we played an opponent in Texas Southern that we have not faced since 2017. My opponent played in a, a foe that they face every year. So we were unfamiliar with our opponent, which is why our opponent was able to go up on us early. But we did score in the first half. I'm going. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that right there. You take what you want to with that. We have. We showed why we were able to be the number one. Should be the number one team with the outburst that we had in the sec in the second half after getting the touchdown late in the first half. We have grinded it out within our conference for six games now. Why? For excuse me, for five, five games. They just getting started. So you may think about their incumbency because they've been doing all this stuff. I'm here with you within my conference doing what I need to do to earn your vote. My opponent is just getting started in this conference. He's late to the game. Oh, good, good. I take this one. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Go ahead, before I let DJ take and get a piece of this, let me give a shout out to my uh, center for um, justice as we have a tag. And you sound like, in a lot of ways, this Houston mayoral race. Shout out to Professor Lydia Johnson, Dr. Carla Braley, and Dr. Howard Henderson as they keep me informed about the political scene, uh, particularly in Greater Houston on many different levels. And for you sound like those folks doing their speech out there for real with that being said. B.J. Jones, what did you want to say in closing on this FAMU, uh, Texas Southern? Um, as the lieutenant gubernatorial candidate, I would like <laughs> to say that our opponent has made strong points, and we would like to apologize for our gubernatorial candidate not being available today, but he sent me in his place. Uh, he would like to say if you look – at our wins in said non-conference, they are greater than our opponents' wins in their non-conference. Um, if you look at the totality of those wins and the margins of victory, uh, the win-loss records of those opponents, we've done more than prove ourselves worthy of the number one spot. I understand that our opponent has uh, ventured out into an unfamiliar land on yesterday and was able to remain victorious. And we applaud them from the, for that. Uh, but the opponent that we took that we took on on Thursday night uh, is an up-and-coming opponent and is a lot better than what the record reflects. Remember, this is the same ball club that went on the road to beat Richmond. Uh, we would also argue uh, that if there was, were a venue change or a change of scenery, and let's say Morgan State was in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, that their record would look a lot better than what it appears to be right now because of the non-conference uh, schedule that they have played. So in closing, we still feel as gubernatorial candidate and uh, 
uh, vice a gubernatorial candidate that we're still worthy of the number one spot, not only in your hearts, but atop of the polls. No <laughs> doubt. Great commentary there. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll tell you some games to watch. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our client. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. There's a shot. shot it might be. It could be. Right field. Grand slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do and all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get back to our last segment. Get your thoughts on some of these big games as we're starting to go down the stretch in these conference races. Obviously, the MEAC just started, but it's a playoff, so all of those games and key matchups seem to be important. But we'll see which key one that you want to keep an eye on. Let me go to you, Charles, first. What are your thoughts on what are your key game or two that you want folks to think about this weekend? Major division. We've got a huge one in Prairie View going to FAMU. I think that's going to be uh, huge with uh, Prairie View coming off of a bye week, uh, taking on the Rattlers. But another one that's just off the radar, but I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Allen, homecoming. Edward Waters coming in for Allen's homecoming. The Cardiac Cats are coming to Allen for that one. So, that one is one to watch. Mm-hmm. SIC just gives you everything that you want to love. They give you top five matchup, top seven mm-hmm. matchup, week after week after week. Beautiful. 
With that being said, PJ Jones, what direction are you going this week? I'm going to go into the SWAC. There's two matchups we're going to be looking at. Florida A&M and Prairie View. It's homecoming down on the highest of seven hills. Sam, you wins that ball game. And we go up 65 at Birmingham, Alabama. Magic City Classic, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Alabama State, if they pull it off against Alabama A&M, Florida A&M has wrapped up the Eastern Division of the Southwestern Athletic Conference before we get to November. That's crazy, but you're absolutely correct. That's the games to keep your eyes on because it can put a big fat bow on it in terms of this early in the season. We can't even get to November before it's done in the East. Who would have thunk it? With that being said, uh, I'm fascinated by some of these key matchups as they continue to go, but I want to go to AD Drew. What are your thoughts on some key matchups this week for you? A couple of them. Uh, going back to that Florida ADL preview for whole coming. The importance of this outside of wrapping up the East is the potential for who may host the SWAC championship game. Because should Prairie View upset Fairview, that opens it up where Prairie View, if they were to win the West, could possibly have that whole field advantage for the SWAC championship game should those Great two point. teams uh, mm-hmm. be tied in the, in the final status because they will have the head-to-head. Uh, mm-hmm. B.J. mentioned uh, uh, Allen Ever Waters. How about Miles Albany State, despite the fact that Albany State lost to Edward Waters this week. This is Miles has to win out. So this is still an elimination game for these two teams as Albany State tries to find a way to stay relevant in the SIAC race. And one last one, a little quiet one I want you guys to keep uh, your attention on is Florida Memorial and Southeastern. Uh, let me see who's who's the whole team over there. Florida Memorial goes on the road to Southeastern. Florida Memorial quietly is putting themselves in position to get to the NAIA playoffs. A victory over Southeastern. We better make their case so that they can get in if they do not ultimately win the Sun Conference to be able to receive an at-large bid to the in AI playoffs, as I believe they expanded from they either expanded from 16 to 20 or from 20 to 24, but I know they added four teams to their playoffs for this year. Oh, good, good pieces of uh, work there. I'm gonna stay in the CIAA, and this game all of a sudden becomes important for multiple reasons, and we never would have thought that. Lincoln, Pennsylvania, that is looking to try to get uh, on a winning season uh, with the loss of Virginia State. They have to find a way to win this game if they want the Virginia State-Virginia Union to be important for the Northern mm-hmm. Division. It is at home and uh, for the Virginia State Trojans, so they should have a final way to right the ship. But it's one to keep your eyes on just because of that. I think you covered it in terms of the SIAC. I agree with you, both of you all, in terms of key matchups. Uh, MEAC, when you get into in terms of what that looks like, you got to keep your eyes on that Thursday night game. Uh, with South Carolina State uh, and uh, North Carolina Central uh, as what kind of gifts would they give, Buddy? Uh, on that, that is six thirty ESPNU in terms of that matchup with Buddy Pew. Uh, to your point, can he pull a little magic out that hat and make it interesting? Both of them are one and zero, oh, uh, so this game becomes important there. Uh, will North Carolina Central find a way to turn it on 
and finally dust off and get a win against old coach Buddy Pugh. With that being said, for Oliver there. Um, the other game that is quietly that I, you want to keep your eyes on in terms of the SWAC, it's not going to get a lot of attention. It's not even going to be televised. But Texas Southern going to Southern. Texas Southern has had Southern's number the last two years. It's been in neutral sites. Mm. This is key with Southern being at 3-1. and one. They want to keep their eyes with the Braves and Prairie View coming to town. They have their own uh, hopes and dreams in terms of playing for a championship uh, solely on their shoulder if they can get those victories. They need this one first before that counts. Uh, so it'll be fascinating. Texas Southern, in their mind, are still – in the race based on how things fell out last year. So they're going to keep playing. Charles, you had another one? Yeah, every coach I talked to at FAMU last night, they said to a man, Ladarius Owens is the truth. So that's going to be mm-hmm. uh, a real interesting matchup uh, with Texas Southern going to Southern. Yeah, no doubt. That's the pin I'll put on it. That'll do it for us today. I hope you enjoyed Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Joshua Sam Senior said he'll be back next week. Mike will be back in the lab next week. With that being said, Charles, cover me uh, as the wife is traveling. So it's Deuce and I. We got to make sure we get it right because I'll never be forgiven if this gets out of control and too much on the house party. So, Charles, uh, in terms of Deuce and I, we're going to have a little fun, but we're not going to get out of tr- trouble. At least y'all make sure y'all keep it quiet. Don't tell the mission. I know. It's three men and a baby. (laughs) (laughs) You got the cleaning crew already hired, uh, Dr. uh, Dr. Cavill. Yes, sir. After the wild party. Oh, it's already (laughs) hiding. We coming in and cleaning. House going to be cleaning in when she left. Thank you for listening (laughs) inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Dean of HBC Sports. Coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hey. DJ Jones, fly on that jet and get on down here, man. It's probably going to be one to remember. With two of the members of X's and O's crew, DJ Jones, the curator of HBCU Weekly, and Joshua Sims, senior curator of HBCU Nightly. Still working out a couple of kinks, but don't get it twisted. X's and O's will be here along with Erica. Shout out to Erica in terms of getting that W for homecoming. She's still out there partying, I heard, in terms Mm -hmm. of celebrating in Washington, D.C. Be careful, my sister. We hope you enjoyed. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. And for all the Rattler fans that called me, checked on me, I appreciate you as you asked for the restaurant descending on Houston. Again, congratulations on the victory. The Panthers will be down there and see what we can do to ruin that homecoming. Uh, Not so fast, not for real. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday, check us out, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. And obviously, you know, Sunday morning at 9 a.m., we look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Check us out on uh, HBC Nightly. They ask the right questions. I might drop a nugget. Appreciate the shout-out, B.J. Jones, on Twitter in terms of telling people to go check it out, the comments I said there. Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. A.D.? Lecture. DJ? Dismissed.